tuning into the podcast. Anything that you want, no, we got that. Sports, we got that. Joke, we got that. We just getting started, so don't turn me down. Stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready? Here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Daily Degenerate. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls, how's it going? Uh, my name is Cohen Hughes. Welcome to episode 111 of the Daily Degenerate Podcast, 111. Um, I've talked into a uh, tin can to you guys for 111 episodes. What a ride it's been. Um, joined to the right of me is a very cool guy named Jeremy Kuhn. He's been on about 20 or 30 episodes with us already, so you should recognize his voice. Um Jeremy, we've been going through some uh, tough times in the Atlanta sports world. The Falcons are 1-5. The Braves lost 13-1 to in an elimination game at home. Uh, got 10 runs put up on us in the uh, first inning. Um, I'm not a Georgia fan, but Georgia lost to South Carolina in a pretty embarrassing way. Um, the Hawks are not going to win the NBA championship, so <laughs> um, Atlanta is flat as of right now. We, we are living in a vacuum. We are living in a society. Jeremy Kuhn, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm glad to be back. Um, still recovering from that Twilight uh, Twilight Zone episode that was the Braves game the other day. I, that wasn't real, dude. I was trying to, you know, get off work, hurry up, get home, finish watching the game, and uh, actually ended up starting the stream at work. And uh, one of my coworkers ran to the bathroom. Um, on his way back from the bathroom, he stopped by someone's desk, asked him a question. By the time he came back, he said, "Hey, how the Braves doing?" I said, "Well, like, man, what we're down 10-0." <laughs> sorry, sorry to hear it. You went to the bathroom, met a sales call, and then guess what? We, we are officially down. Um, it was awful. Um, I had an offer to go to the game with my parents, but um, quote, unquote, I'm not going to watch the Braves lose and lose money doing it. So I decided to stay at work and uh, watch on my phone. And uh, to be honest with you, I hate to sound, you know, kind of like the guy who I told you so, but the Cardinals are a very grinding baseball team. They have enjoyed lots of postseason success in the past. And this group of guys they have now got hot late. So in the week leading up to the game, I even said it on this podcast, I did not expect us to win that game. Um, I did not expect us to put up something embarrassing like that, though. I expected to lose on a walk-off single or something like we had been. Yeah, I mean, we, we messed up by allowing that veteran team to even get to that situation should, in the first should, place. Should, should have swept. We should have won the first yeah, three games. should have swept. And um, my blame goes a little bit to Brian Snicker for misuse of the pitching staff. Like burning almost all of our available pitchers in a game three or four that we lost. I mean, game four that we lost, he, he used all but one available pitcher, and that was the closer, and we were not winning, so we could not have pitched him. Um, a little bit goes on bad pitching performances by players. Mike Fulton we got uh, bipolar Fulty in this series. The first start was near perfect, seven and a third with like three hits and zero earned runs. And then the start in game five, who I thought should have went to Keuchel or maybe even, you know, Soroka or Freed on, you know, short rest. He allows seven runs off, like, four hits. Like, there, he allowed more runs than hits. It was awful. But um, the Cardinals are currently down in the NLCS to the Nats, 3-0. to zero. Nobody ever expected that, um, due, due in large part to great situational hitting and elite, more than elite pitching. Anibal Sanchez had a no-hit bid. 
with like eight and a third or something or something like that. And then Strasburg and Scherzer just do what they do. It's not even a we're not even blinking to, to watch that. Um, and it's honestly painful to watch. I felt like the Braves were going to have their way with the Nats if we got mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Just based off the season series with the Nats, I think we had like a six six fifty winning percentage against them in the in the, in the division this year. Um, I I was cheering for the Nats against the Dodgers because I was like, oh yeah, the Braves can definitely beat the Dodgers. But guess what? The Braves can't even get that far. We were eliminated in five games by the St. Louis Cardinals. They're about to be eliminated in four or five games, in my opinion. Uh, we will see tomorrow night. Or tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night, I think 7.38 is that stop time. And the Dodgers, man, I did not expect this at all. I expected the Nats to win the game that Scherzer started against them, and that's about it. Um, they fought back. They 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 looked really good, actually. They looked like a complete baseball team. Um, Doolittle hasn't blown a save yet, which is good, which we didn't expect that from him. But... Um, Dodgers and the Braves, man, is very underwhelming for what happened because that were two teams that were expected to meet in the NLCS. Instead, we both get put out in the first round. Um, top it off, the Falcons last Sunday, since we've last spoken, uh, we got 55 points put on them by the Houston Texans. Uh, we allowed one of the top three quarterback starts in history in terms of stats. And then this past Sunday, we lost to the one-win Arizona Cardinals because Matt Bryant wanted to miss the PAT. So, things aren't looking too good in the ATL right now, my man. I think we're um, we're just trudging along, hoping not to uh, have to redeem our suicide pact by age 30. Yeah, I believe at halftime of the Cardinals-Falcons uh, game that Kyler Murray had already had his best statistical game of the season. He had already had the most passing yards, or second motion. He only needed like 10 more to beat it. And then he had already had two or three touchdowns, so... I don't know what it is about the Falcons. Well, we know now that it's Dan Quinn, like I've been saying for 111 episodes and three years of my personal time. The the defense that he calls when you don't have a, a near-perfect elite front four, it doesn't work because you can't get to the quarterback. A soft zone allows lots of underneath completions and lots of yards after catch. And when you put guys like Robert Alford, Brian Poole from last year, um, Desmond Trufant, who was a pro bowler at one point, Isaiah Oliver, Demonte Casey, when you put guys who aren't great in coverage like that on an island, they will get exposed, and, and, and they have been. Um, and they play with no discipline. At I all. Mean, they, they telegraph what play they're running. They telegraph their running zone or their running man. I didn't see, like, one surprise stunt, hurt. dude. Like, like the, the, there was never a point where I'm like, oh, look, Debo's in coverage, and then guess what? He just sprints up right. out of nowhere and goes over Tack McKinley to make a stat line. Stuff that usually the Pittsburgh Steelers have perfected with not as much talent as us. But somehow we just can't get home. Uh, for the second straight week, we have zero sacks. I think we have maybe one or two hits on Kyler Murray. One of them was a flag, too. I remember that on Vic Beasley. Um, Deshaun Watson had about one minute worth of response to name off all of the Falcons' defensive packages. And you did he, it he, bro- he broke down every package that he scored a touchdown on in that game in about 45 seconds. Can he, can he come be our offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? Because he seems to know more than Dan Quinn does. Um, Another thing that was alarming from that um, was I remember Deshaun Watson saying that one of the Will Fuller touchdowns was actually a miscommunicated route. They were He was trying to hot route him to do yeah. a different route, and that he didn't hear him, and then he saw that the coverage still didn't pick it up. So we played. That shows how undisciplined we are. We mm-hmm. were playing correct coverage for the route that actually was ran. And we still gave up a 40-yard touchdown. Hmm. 
It's you notice with all the missed tackles, with all the big hits, with all the penalties, all the defensive holdings, all the illegal hands to the face. I think we lead the league in penalties now because of last week and in Houston. It's just we had not not me and you, but the people of Atlanta were promised a defensive guru, something that we have not had in the past. And he's shaping up to be worse than Mike Smith. Mike Smith, to, to say the least, he was one of those old-school football minds that says, hey, the game is evolving and offenses are evolving. People are going to get yards on you. You just, can't let, you just can't let them kill you. And at least Mike Smith disciplined teams – or Mike, Mike Smith-led teams were disciplined. At least we were bottom half of the league in penalties. At least we wrapped up and made tackles. At least we forced field goals instead of touchdowns. But, Dan Quinn, it just seems like we're just getting outplayed in every single facet of the game. And, and you look at fantasy football, and every time you have a skill position player playing against the Falcons this season, it's, it's honestly insulting to read that they say, oh, great bounce back opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, he's got a perfect matchup. You have to start him in a, as a wide receiver, too. Yep. You know, like blah, 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 yep. every single time. Whenever on my fantasy team, whenever Matthew Barry sent a video out, imploring me to start Larry Fitzgerald at wide receiver two, I called him an idiot. And then, guess what? Larry Fitz goes off. Whenever Will Fuller is pegged for a big week, Will Fuller goes off. Kiki Cutie. Kiki Cutie was was a flex play, a low-end wide receiver (laughs) three or flex play because he was playing the Falcons defense. And guess what? He went off. Yep. So me and you and all the guys in our group chats and in our circles have been um, wondering, Dan Quinn is being fired. That's a foregone conclusion. Whether he finishes out the year or whether he doesn't is, is up for debate. Dan Quinn will be fired. Do you think that this is going to be a midseason, bi-week coaching change, or do you think he gets the, until the end of the year? I'm really not sure. Um, I, I expect him to be fired at the end of the year, and – the only thing that makes me think differently is I saw an Arthur Blank quote where he mentioned specifically he doesn't like firing people in the middle of the year, blah, blah. But he said something along the lines of, you know, he needed to see something before the bye week. And he said that before we went out there and lost to a Cardinals team we shouldn't have lost to. And and the blame shouldn't really be on Matt Bryant because we shouldn't have been in that position no, in the no, first place. No. I mean, they're a winless team with a rookie coach and a rookie Quarterback. Well, they had one win, one, but, yeah, but it, they, it, it, it was a cheap-ass chintzy win that they had. Right, right. Regardless, it's it's a worse talented team compared to ours. Okay, Jeremy, hate to cut you off, but we just have breaking news. The Jaguars have traded Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. Well, good nice. to be a Falcons fan because the Rams <laughs> come into town four days from now, and guess who's going to get a pick on Matt Ryan? His name starts with Jalen and ends with Ramsey. Oh, but um, oh no! Let's see. Let's see the terms on this deal. Um, yeah. Well, the, the Jaguars get the first round pick in 2020, 2021, and then a fourth round pick in 2021 as well. Damn, no, no players <laughs> at all, huh? Yeah, I mean that's a steal to get Jalen Ramsey for, given that he plays at least 12 games a season. Like that's almost yeah. a steal, if you ask me. Wow. But to get back to the Dan Quinn conversation, um, it's going to be hard for Dan Quinn to show that he deserves to be the head coach of this team to the end of the year because Bobby's what, nine? Yeah. So he has 
So he has the Rams, and then whoever we play after that. I forget who, who we play in. We, we play the Rams and the Seahawks, and then we have a bye week. Oh, my God. That's it. So, as current events have, have transpired, and I was about to say, Arthur Blank hates sudden coaching changes. He's a loyal, he's a loyal guy. He doesn't really, you know, do the whole midseason change thing. But given that we get embarrassed like we have been the next two weeks, I fully expect him not to be our head coach in Week 10. I would say that this has been way worse than any of us that have, have, have suspected or expected because me and you have, for the last two years, have not been a fan of Dan Quinn, but our talent has always risen above and put us in games that we shouldn't be in because of coaching and take us and out of games that we should. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this has been way worse than I expected. Yeah, I, I, I expected us to – I, I, I guess I didn't realize quite how bad it was. Yeah, no. Like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that Sarkeesian and Shanahan kind of mask what was going on mm-hmm. for us. I mean, Shanahan clearly has carried us yeah. at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. the proof's in the pudding now. Yeah. He's 5-0 and with the Jimmy G Niners. In a team there, that is talented, but Niners. they're not overly talented. Like, they're not, like, busting at the seams. Like, George yeah, Kittle's really good. Garoppolo's really yeah. good. Um, Coleman, we saw – well, the only thing we've seen from Coleman is Falcons highlights, and that's kind of biased on us to say. Last year he didn't look great because he was isolated without Freeman, but of course. and because of you know kind of odd run heavy play calls at, at, at points with him on the field, but they're not busting at the seams with talent. Like they no. they they have a generally good team, generally talented team, maybe a little bit more more so than the average team, but. To be five and zero in today's NFL, and to beat the Rams, and to beat good teams, and to beat the Bucks, who were good at, at the start of the year, like that shows that Shanahan was the pudding. He he, the, he wasn't the proof of the pudding. He was the whole goddamn pudding. Yeah. Um, Look at how much talent we have on on the Falcons. We just waste away. I mean, our offense is pretty clearly one of the most talented in, in total units yeah, in the league, even, especially with the emergence of Austin Hooper. Like, yeah, our, like, like, like we Austin Hooper, I think, is second. In reception yards and first in receptions in the in in, in the whole NFL. Um, yeah, he's proven me wrong so hard. I mm-hmm. used to I used to be a huge Hooper hater, but uh, he's he's done well the last two seasons. For he me. has, he really has. Um, I will be at the Falcons game on Sunday because I am a fan and I will always love the Falcons, even if they go zero and sixteen. Um, the only thing we can hope for now is that we lose the rest of our games to get a pretty high draft pick. Um, I'm not a huge, humongous college guy, so I wouldn't really know who to forecast this early in the year. Um, but I hope we don't do what we did last year and go five and one in our last six games to make it a, a, a middle of the road draft pick whenever we could have just lost out and just been okay. And I get it; like teams don't like to lose, and players get paid to play, so they're not going to sit here and lose on purpose. But you know, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like play, play, play season poker. You got some guys in a contract. You can you can do that with a not a dynasty, but a team who quest core stayed the same for the last few years, like the Falcons. And the, the saddest thing is, I, I just don't know how much draft picks will help the Falcons. Mm-hmm. We like have so point. much money tied up in so many bad places right now. Mm-hmm. We still owe, um, even, even though Grady Jarrett's been really good this year, we gave him near Aaron Donald money, which I didn't agree with. Um, Vic Beasley ended up getting a raise after he led the NFL in sacks. I'm starting to lose faith in him, even though he's from our area. Um, Sanu is a really highly paid wide receiver too. Julio got his extension, which Julio deserves it. Matt Ryan broke the NFL record for a contract 
I think three years ago. So we still got a lot of money invested in him. Freeman has actually played pretty well so far. The last two weeks he's played pretty well. The first three games were pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah, and and I still think that Freeman is absolutely stealing our money. Yeah, oh, he is. He is because he's. And, and the thing is, it's not like he's that old. But no, he's not. He's got his so body's many, old. So many concussions mm-hmm. and yeah. everything. I mean, he's one concussion away from retiring and and walking away with. With all of our money. <laughs> um, if, if I was the Falcons, I would get aggressive. I would have been in the sweepstakes for a Jalen Ramsey. I would have tried to shop Freeman. I, I know it's a bit of a balk to kind of expect somebody to match what we paid Freeman and kind of take on that contract. But I would try to shop guys like Jake Matthews, who's been absolutely awful this year. Jake Matthews has been one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL this year. Mm. Um, I expect – I don't expect the Falcons to, to shop some of these guys, but I wish they would. Um Enough about the Falcons, enough of our bitching and moaning. Um, our podcast, Weekly Pick'em for the NFL, has commenced last night with a game that we will get into more and the controversy around that. Um, I had an awful week this week. I went 4-10. and 10. I had a lot of bad beats, um, t- namely um, New York Giants, who were in the game until the last four minutes of the game and then just allowed a waterfall of points. Had them plus 17.5, and, and, and that one should have hit. The game they played, that one should have hit, but it didn't. Um, I know me and you both had Tampa Bay plus two and a half, and if they, yeah. if they had seven turnovers, seven giveaways. Yeah, if they had six, they would have won. <laughs> Pro, closer, probably closer to five, but you lost yeah. the game by eight or nine points, and right. you, three of the turnovers were, were, were in the red zone. Exactly. J- Jameis threw one of the tip picks in the end zone, like it, like on the pylon. So I had Jags as well. Mm-hmm. Jags, the Jags fucked us up. I thought they should have won that game against the Saints. I don't know how the Saints keep on getting it done with Teddy Bridgewater and only scoring 13 and 17 points a game, but somehow they're doing it. Um, Atlanta really screwed us. We lost by one point. Um, let's see what else we lost on. Kansas City minus four. I didn't expect them to blow Houston out, but, you know, Houston's so inconsistent. I thought a good week against us would equal a bad week against Kansas City, but that's not the case. Um, Dallas minus seven and a half. They laid an egg against the New York Jets and only scored in garbage time. I think the Jets scored like seven. It, it, it was like they scored sixteen or fifteen points, and then they had that for about two and a half other quarters, and then had one more touchdown to make yeah. it twenty-two. And then, yeah. and then that was that, that was all they did. They didn't do much on offense, but they did just enough to beat the Cowboys. Yep. Um, Tennessee plus two. I don't know how how, how Tennessee. I don't, I don't know why anybody in their right mind would even place a wager for or against Tennessee. They are the hardest <laughs> team. To bet on it in I the NFL, they, they show us one thing one week, and it is the polar opposite the next week. See Mariota got pulled this week. Yeah, for Tannehill. Yeah, and then Tannehill played pretty well. Did he? I, I he didn't watch. Th- he was thirteen for sixteen, one hundred forty yards. Not bad. He, he he may actually get to start this week. I heard the uh, the coach was talking about it. And it's some of the same things like 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 me and you agree that when Cam Newton comes back. His job's waiting for him. There, there's no shot that Kyle Allen starts over Cam Newton. Yeah, if you're a Panthers fan and you and you think Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton when he's healthy, go, go lay on train tracks. Stop yeah. listening to any sports. Stop watching sports. Change, change up your podcast rotation because go, whoever's telling you that is a liar. Go get into arts and crafts or something. Yeah, literally, just 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 fucking just go hiking or something like just 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 quit watching. Go use your Sundays for something useful because yeah. you're adding nothing to the conversation. the The one thing that I think works for Kyle Allen and the Panthers is that it's a change of pace and it's a change of style that teams cannot game plan for. So I think that it's working retroactively for for them in in that case, and I think that maybe. I'm not saying Cam Newton needs a change of scenery, but a change of scenery from Cam Newton is not good, but it's refreshing 
to a point. You just have some guy who can just get the ball out quickly, who doesn't try to do too much like Cam does. Maybe that's the safer way to play for the Panthers in the, in the way they're built. But to say that Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton is an absolute farce. It's yeah, just he, it's just wrong. Um, he's been pinned as uh, as kind of like he's not making any mistakes, but he has five fumbles. He, he has he has the most turnovers in the NFL. In the past, no except for he James. Has five fumbles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, he has no picks. Well, he also loses the ball. I can't hold on to the ball. And the, right. that will come on some other team or as a backup whenever he gets more playing time and he, you know, yeah. irons out, gets used to the speed of the it's game and everything. But otherwise, I feel like he's a game manager in my yeah. mind. Yeah, he is. That's all he is as a game manager. I don't think he's that good. Me and Penland were having a conversation. I don't think uh, Kyle Allen's that good. And I was trying to play schedule poker and say, dude, maybe the Bucks will win because the Panthers have been 3-0 so far with Kyle Allen. Maybe they're due to lose one here soon, right? Yeah. And then that's, that's and how I'm going to do the same thing this week. I swear to God I will. I'm, I'll, I'll bet against Kyle Allen from now on because – He's not going to go six and zero as the backup, you know. Like, yeah, it's not happening. no, it's it, it's not. And if it does, I'll jump off my apartment complex because be, be, because I'm I'm wrong if that's the case. I think that Kyle Allen is a guy who tries to minimize mistakes and doesn't try to be the hero like Cam does, and that works in his favor. But when you put a microscope to his game, he's not that good. He's not good at all. He's he's just a regular old. He's a jag, just another guy. Yeah, yeah, and we'll. It remains to be seen what's going to happen when it's like winning time, you know. Yeah, that's no, gonna let he's, it. He's going to have to be aggressive. At some he's point. had leads in I think three of those games going into the last possession, so he hasn't had to do much. Yeah. Um, let the Houston Texans go up on you seven points, and then you you have to rely on Kyle Allen to to make a eighty yard drive to the end zone with a minute and a half left to go in the game. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, then we'll see. Cam Newton is, is the winner and the and the athlete that gets you to that point to where you can try to win the game. But, conversation for another day. For sure. Um, Green Bay minus four really screwed us last night. Um, Green Bay minus anything should not have hit. The Detroit Lions should have won that game, but we'll get into that later. And lastly, um, we got busted. Four out of five of us picked. The Chargers minus six and a half. And that just got absolutely blown to smithereens. I did not expect Mike Tomlin to go on the road, which it wasn't even really a road game. Um, StubHub Stadium or whatever the hell it's called. Looked like it was 70% Pittsburgh fans, which is embarrassing. It's, that's a cross-country trip, people. Come on now. Yep. And I didn't expect him to go out there with his third-string quarterback, Duck. His nickname is Duck because he, he was the Alabama National Duck Call Champion in 2017. What a fucking degenerate. Are you serious? <laughs> like, you're the Duck Call National champion, and then you just beat the LA Chargers on the road yeah. in your first ever NFL game time. That was a Buffalo Wild Wings game. Yeah, no, like, that was I a Buffalo like Wild Wings like game. A yeah, guy at Buffalo Wild Wings pressing buttons to, to, to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Face. Of course they were. Um, so I'll go through the records right quick. I went four and ten this week, which puts me at 47, 44 and one. I'm still above five hundred, but just barely. Um, Gustavo went six and eight. He is 33, 59 and one. Jeremy went six and eight as well. He is 40, 51 and one. Brad went eight and six. He's the only guy who went positive this week. He's at 40, 50 and two. So him and Jeremy about have the same, you know, kind of record. And Thomas Penland usurped me by one win this week. He went six and eight, but wasn't as bad as mine. So he's got me by a win, 48, 43 and one. Uh, we will be making picks and I will be posting them on, I guess, about Thursday, Friday night. That way we can get them out and maybe hopefully when you got some money. Um, this week it was not the case, but this week was an absolute widowmaker. So I hear in Vegas. So who knows? Uh, before we get into the real meat and potatoes of this episode, 
Um, I will be in Biloxi, Mississippi, in about a week and a half, 24th to the 27th. Um, try to get in, gamble on some football. Uh, maybe I think some, some more baseball games will be going on at like the World Series. And um, I know we'll have football on Thursday night, Friday night for college, Saturday during the day, and then Sunday I'm going to stay for the 1 o'clock slot before I you know, scoot town and drive the five and a half hours back home. But if anybody has any recommendations, I'll be at the IP. Uh, if anybody has any recommendations on what to eat, where to go, kind of what's been going on, like in Biloxi, like, hey, go hit this barbecue joint, it's pretty fucking fire, or go to this casino right quick, they fucking overload you with free drinks, da da hit me up, and I will uh, take your considerations into effect. You should play uh, You should play card games at Treasure Bay. It's um, it's kind of like the sketchiest casino on the Strip. But that's that's the, my speed. They have the cheapest tables, and they have the best odds. <coughs> they have they have single single deck blackjack. Ooh, for ten dollar hands, which is your best odds of yeah. winning. So is that that's what I would do, and they give you lots of drinks and everything as long as you're playing. Nice. It's no a good time whenever I want. I think on uh, on Friday night I I may ride over there or, or fr- Friday during the day, you know, yeah. like before football starts and yeah, that's because I'm I'm not a humongous card guy. I do like blackjack. I do like Texas Hold'em. Um, dice is kind of where you start to lose me because there's a lot of rules and unknown hands that you can have that somebody could beat you with this and this, but you rolled this number and, oh, no, this is the special Saturday rule. Or, or, you know, they're like, CNs have those weird rules. But uh, I'm really excited to go gamble for my first time in person, actually, um, in Bluxy, Mississippi. So if you have any recommendations, food, drink, casino, gamble, whatever, hit me up and tell me, and then um, I'll um, – I'll do it, I guess. I don't know. There's not much else to say. But, Jeremy, speaking of the game last night, um, the Detroit Lions beat the – or the Detroit Lions lost to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I almost want to say they won because they played the better game. It, yeah, it looked like on the eye test they won, but the final score was, what, like 22 to 20 or something, or, or, or something like that. It was yeah. the game-winning field goal by Mason Crosby. Um, helped secure his first ever Lambo leap. I, th- I thought that was pretty pretty yeah. weird. How yeah. he he had never ever d- done a Lambo leap before until last night. Which hell, it's usually Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing yeah. the game winner. So that was a heads up play by Aaron Jones as well. Just to down. fall down. Yeah. Like I, <clears throat> it's a heads up play. I think it's a little bit too cute because there was only a minute eleven to go. You yeah. know, like and well, n- no is, timeouts. But but you want to keep the ball in your own hands, right? If he would have missed that kick, right, then we could have this conversation about just score the fucking touchdown, dog. Like, what exactly, the hell are you doing? Yeah, but yeah. he made the kick, said no so harm done, no harm foul. Yeah, you're uh, right. That's a double-edged sword. It, 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 it is because you can use that for if it goes wrong or if it goes right. Because I'm already mad about the fantasy purposes of it. So I would have been roasting him if they yeah. lost because mm-hmm. he missed that kick. The same thing with Todd Gurley last year. People were absolutely yeah, going crazy on him. And I think, I think Todd Gurley, he actually had a, a, a little bit more time in the game. I don't think the two-minute warning had occurred yet. Uh, because they were still kind of bouncing outside and trying to actually, you know, like go down the field, and on a fifty-yard run, just fucking gave himself up <laughs> near the sideline, just kind of uh, fell down, and you know, keep the ball in your hands. I agree, it's heads up, but if I was a coach, I would say, dude, just go ahead and punch it in, and and, and we'll run prevent. You know, like they have yeah. no timeouts. Like it's more than a field goal; they have to get in the end zone. So yeah, I think that's heads up if you're winning. I don't know. My, my, that's questionable. Yeah, not, like you if said. you're losing and you're relying on the field goal to win, and, and he misses that kick, which we've, we've seen a lot of this year, it is a risky business. I'll just go ahead and tell you mm-hmm. that. But the big controversy and the uh, big subject of our podcast today, um, and me and me and Maddie kind of did one episode kind of like this. It wasn't as in depth, I don't think. 
But um, the big controversy was that Trey Flowers had gotten not one but two separate ghosts, objectively, in my opinion, um, or subject. I always forget the difference objectively and subjectively. Subjectively. Subjectively, my opinion. But there was video evidence. There's video evidence. So it's objective. So 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 who so so who knows how the rule is, is interpreted, and that's something we'll, we'll get into later. Um, illegal hands to the face had, had two of those. Both of them were in the fourth quarter. One of them was about what, what about ten and a half minutes, and the other one was on the game winning drive, pretty much yeah. that kept it alive. And one about ten and a half minutes resulted in a touchdown as well. And the one with ten and a half minutes to go, it it was third and seven when he did it. That would have been fourth and fifteen if it hadn't mm. been a penalty. And the second one. You could have sold to me, maybe, if you slowed down the camera and brought Gene Steratore and circled it, and if he was actually trying to persuade me into calling this right, you could have sold me on it. It was a not a bang-bang play, because it, it was still a bad call. Like, it was still bad, but you yeah, could have humored, I could have humored your argument. That first one, though, was nowhere egregious. close. He, illegal use of the collarbone was, was more like it. Yeah. it, it he, he had him right here in the, in, in the upper chest, it looked like. There was no face involved. Um... I, I thought it was going to be like roughing the passer or something, yeah. but, but, but by how kind of quick it was, like, yeah. and, and and the thing that really kind of made me mad is that he waited. The referee waited. The umpire, actually, the one who stands behind the play, waited until he saw the result of the play yeah. and then threw until it. Until Rogers got sacked. Until Rogers got sacked, and then he yeah. threw it. If if there was video evidence that the, that the fix is in, that that play is it. Yeah, and and this is even above your whole. Oh, Green Bay is the baby of the NFL. Monday Night Football primetime, you got to protect him. This is, this is more than that. This isn't just, oh, Aaron Rodgers gets all the calls. This is more than that. Because it's no longer an aptitude. It's no longer a fair game anymore. It's yeah. no longer like there. there is actual overwhelming proof that calls can go one-sided. Yeah. And – if you watched that game and didn't watch the Mason Crosby field goal, you would have thought that the, the Detroit Lions won that game by 10 points. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They played the way better game. The defense, Matt Patricia had that defense playing really well, which is something that we haven't really seen from Detroit yet. Um, lots of defensive line stunts. They they were sending everything they had at Aaron Rodgers, and that's, that's, that was a result of those two penalties. Um, it was just – I don't dislike Aaron Rodgers. I think he's – Smarmy in a in a weird sense, he's almost too confident because he knows he can get those calls, and he's not full of himself because he has the ability to back it up. He's goddamn best thrower in the NFL right now, but you can almost tell that the Packers kind of rely on those calls, and they almost know that they're going to get them yeah. to a point because they have been yeah for years now. And the superstar calls like that, and even maybe something further above that, like we're thinking um, where we were saying fix and everything. It's almost like an assault on like the the philosophy of the sport, you know. Yeah, like, it is. Like they're out there grinding and like, you know, it's exciting because you think either team's gonna win. But it's like when you see shit like that that really impacts the game. You're like, wow, I really thought the Lions were gonna win because they outplayed them all game, and then two calls where a guy doesn't even touch a face mask. Just waited. <sighs> At pivotal moments of the game. More than pivotal. It, it's like the the Lions won the first three quarters, 
and then and then the Buffalo Wild Wings commercial happened. Yeah, you know, exactly. like yeah, like there, saying, there, yeah. there 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 was the earphone to the referee. All right, man. Yeah, we can't allow this. Go ahead, throw the, the flag. They gotta have more. They gotta have at least another set of downs in this drive. Mm-hmm. You know, third and seven, mm-hmm. and it results in a touchdown eventually. And which ultimately gives them the ability to win the game by a field goal. Yeah. So those two penalties, and I'm I'm the guy who on this podcast has said, well. One play doesn't win or lose you a football game. If you want to bitch about a ghost PI call not winning you a game, be up by more points. It's almost like the whole Ben Shapiro thing. Like, oh, poor people don't have health insurance. <laughs> have you tried not being poor? No, like that. Like, yeah, like, and I hate to say that, but you, there, there's other things that, that there are other shortcomings that put you in that situation. But last night was honestly probably one of the worst umpiring and officiating and refereeing performances I've ever seen. Yeah, that insane. that for 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 the first time, in, in in my personal opinion, these calls actually had a real real lasting input on 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 how that game ended. Yeah, and something's got to be done about the clarity of the rules in the NFL in general. I, they in sports in general, really. But I know we spoke about this earlier um, before we recorded the podcast. But um, the NFL, I mean, they don't make it clear what is a catch, what isn't. You can't. They don't make it clear. Um, you know, when when you're when you're a runner, when you're a quarterback or a running back, and you're running, you can just reach over the line, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when you're a receiver, as long as the, the the first little nose of that football crosses the first white piece of grass from the end zone line, it's a touchdown. But when you're a receiver, it's almost like all these other intangibles have to happen. Like your body is falling in, you have to complete the process. You have to make a football move. Like what the like, fuck is a football move? Like aren't aren't isn't it 11 versus 11 football that we're playing? Like, isn't anything that you do on a football field a football I think move? we're watching football moves for three hours. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what What the hell is a football move? Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of stuff, like, you get that from Gene Steratore when they call him in. Oh, you know, you didn't complete the process. You didn't You didn't catch it and make a football move. What does that even mean? Like, you're, supposed, you're bringing in a guy who's supposed to be the objective outside source of knowledge on the rules, and then he says something that doesn't you have to interpret. Like, you know. It should be black and white. Instead, there's way too much gray. I wouldn't mind if there was just a sliver of gray to oh, it's purple polka dot. Literally, I was about to say it, 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 we're not even in grayscale anymore. We're, we're we're talking about 3D textures when we're talking about just gray pieces of paper on on. Yeah, we're talking about a play could be uh, the same play could be called seven different ways during the 1 p.m. slot on Sunday, and depending it, on where they're at. And 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 it depends on where you're at, what two teams are playing, what network you're on, what refereeing crew you have, and there needs to be clarity and not just the way the rule is written, but how NFL officials actually interpret that rule. And a big a big sign of this, and this is something that I've been watching football like a degenerate for years on years on years, and more so this year, and, and then I'll, I'll get into Booker McFarlane last night because that was kind of cool what he did. I hate him as a commentator generally, but he kind of showed out last night. I've never seen Gene Steratore and who's the other? Mike Pereira. Yeah. I've never seen those two guys on their respective networks talk to us about why he thinks this should be overturned or upheld. I've never heard in my previous you know, 22, 23 years of life, I've never heard him, him or them say as many times, I don't know why they called that that way. I, I saw it completely yep. different. Yep. I, I, I didn't get that from the replay. Yeah. I've never seen him, him, and them say that so many times this season. Yeah. Usually, there's a little bit. 
a little bit of a kind of wash in about let's try to protect the referee's name, let's try to make sure they're not you know getting thrown in the bus. And I understand that because it's this this is a, this is a TV product, but. This year, like in the Falcons game, there was a one-footed catch, or so I thought, that was called a catch on the field. Um, they went to the replay, and they didn't overturn it. And I think, I think we had Pereira, because we were on Fox, and Pereira, they, they upheld the call. It looked like a one-foot catch to me, but apparently his thread of his jersey on his shoulder pad hit, 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 hit the grass before he went out of bounds, so whatever. Cool. He was just like, I don't know why they would call that. He was like, I did not get that at all from the replay. I thought this call would be 100% overturned. Yeah, I think they need to do something about the the calls where it's like, oh, you know, inconclusive evidence or this was too close. Because, like, that that's honestly not a valid response. It's not because the technology. It's, like, a co- it's, it's a cop-out, one, because, like you said, we have the technology. And, two, they set us up for failure because they say, oh, well, the call on the field. Was a was a catch, so we don't have enough substantial and, and 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 it's clear and obvious evidence to overturn it. So you're having to battle to overturn it. Right. No, we should just be able to watch catch or no, black and white. Right. Easy decision. Right. You remember in the um was it the Kentucky Downs the last uh, last year whenever the horse impeded the path of the other yeah. horse and they had to go back and look at it. Why is it not that easy? Why why did they not just just objectively go into the room? Yep. Two people, two highly paid officials that have been in the sport for years, go in, watch it for – dude, I, I think we saw the whole video of what happened. And the race was already over at this point, so I understand that you have a 30 or a, a minute more time. But just go into the room, look at it from every angle on every TV, be on the phone with New York. Was it a catch or not? Yep. It, is it bad that this is a pipe dream that we have to now hope that they get the calls right? You know, like, Right. And – I understand that their replacement refs were all funny and everything, but I understand their approach to the you know not overturning on the field. Okay, let's do it almost an innocent until proven guilty type deal. But where that comes into play in the worst way is when everybody and their grandma knows that the call was wrong on the field, and then they go to the video and on TV on the broadcast they show you the one angle where you can't see it. I know there's there's cameras all over the field, mm-hmm. so why are they not giving us the real call there? I don't know if it's maybe it is inconclusive, but I don't I, I don't care if it's inconclusive. I want if there I, I want you to go to Amazon Web Services, the people who do baseball and all the other you know a- analytics on camera, and I want you to plug it in and say what was the percentage that it was a catch? What was the percentage yeah. that it wasn't? If it's, if it's 51, 49, even though the call was yeah. the, the 49% on the field, overturn it. A great example is in tennis. In I was tennis, about to bring that up. And they've had this forever in tennis. The best revolution in sports officiating in the last yeah. 100 years. So some of the best tennis players you know, will serve on average 115 to 130 range miles per hour. Slows down a little bit in the air, but it's really hard to track. It's really hard to see. Hmm? And they have a system that tracks the height and everything of the player, the arc, the spin the rate, speed of the racket, mm-hmm. yep. the spin rate of the ball, how tall the, the arm guy on it extracts, extrapolates all that information and does a mathematical, mathematical little model and does the three D image in of real where time. The ball lands. In in real time, and people, the people at in the stands, they're watching and it looks like an ace, but they're not sure. And then the player wants to challenge, and they immediately go look over there at the at the screen, and boom, there you go. The and diagram the of the ball hitting the line is displayed. Right in front of you, and, and no one argues it. No one argues it because 
and, and, and this is the article uh, that I read today. God, I think it's from, let's see the website. This is from the news stack about, you know, using technology and whether or not we can actually do what tennis and soccer does and other, you know, sports in America, the sure. big five sports. Um, they say that, that no, no longer the chair referee isn't the chair referee anymore. The computer is the referee now because you can get every call right. You can show that the ball touched the line by a fucking testicle hair, and guess what? That's the rule. It's 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 clear and obvious because the rule is written clear and obvious yeah. that if any part of that goddamn tennis ball touches that that white line, yeah, and and it's easier in tennis, like you said too, because there's less intangibles. There's no yeah. physical contact nope. rules or anything. It's two guys separated by a net, and really the only calls to be made is did the ball go in or not. Like that's mm-hmm. really all you have to do in tennis, and there there's five or six little rules like stepping on the line or you know like right. it, touching the net and, and it, yeah yeah it all has to do with boundaries. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to do with contact and movements with other players and things like that. And that's where it comes into play. And unnecessary like roughness saying. and you know right. like which in and of itself calls. is a subjective penalty. Unnecessary roughness and roughing the passer are two other things that I want them to figure out and mm-hmm. make a more defined. Mm-hmm. One thing that one thing that I hate, and this is this is the argument that me and you are about to have. Um, I don't want. What's the? I, I don't want Ed Hockey League to wake up on the wrong side of the bed in Atlanta one morning. His coffee was late getting delivered to his room, or traffic was real bad getting to the stadium, or whatever hell, the, the hell can make human error extrapolated into a whole day. I don't want his wife to leave him, so he's, he's in a bad mood. I don't want him to wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day. And fuck us on a subjective call just because he's in a bad mood, or just because yeah. he sees it a different way than that another yeah. referee. We're sees not it. even he's in a bad mood. It's just like maybe he got an hour less of sleep that night and is less focused. Yeah, maybe he has anxiety because he's never been in Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. So now his whole brain is functioning differently. Yep. Like you, being in a new know. environment changes you, and and it's there's a hundred different scenarios that we could lay out where human error fails you. Yeah, I don't want this to be reliant so reliant on no human error and one thing that i've always thought is sort of weird about football same thing kind of with basketball there's penalties on every play yeah everyone holds everyone puts hands in the face everyone does pass interference but it's do the referees have the green light to call it, or do they have the red light to call it because of the situation of the game? It's same thing in basketball with hand checking. You hand check every single play. There's contact and illegal contact on every play. Look at how many dunks that Gobert, Anadokounmpo, Shaq, Dwight Howard have had. To, they've had a dunk through contact, and it was an obvious foul, but they don't get the end one just because they're big, right? You know, and and, right. and the referees don't want to give them that. Like I understand that you wouldn't want to see a game where they say, "Okay, now guys, we're calling every single every single foul." Don't touch them, yeah, don't do you anything. Get technology involved, and then it becomes mechanical almost. And then it becomes mechanical, and then, no, of course we we don't want to see Giannis Antetokounmpo have 3,000 in the first quarter. That yeah. would take away from the aspect of the game, but I think that the give and take they have now is too much take. I think that they let too much stuff go. That way Giannis can push off like he does every single possession. And I love Giannis. He's one of my favorite players. Pushes off every single possession. Right. He is an absolute walking push-off. Right. Part of the judgment calls, you know, contribute to the style of the game we've been, you know, we, that we watch, and and it would change if there was no judgment in the calls. Mm-hmm. If it was just absolute, you know, we have a computer that figured this out. Yeah. And like you said, how do you account for those things that 
there's still technically against the rules, but it's almost like the game is adapted to where holding rarely gets called anymore, mm-hmm. really in general, mm-hmm. unless it's egregious and actively impacts exactly in front of the ball. It, it, I, I think holding has to do with two things. Where the referee is compared to you, and is it near the ball or is it away from the ball? Yep. I agree. I, I, I don't I would rather not see a holding call away from the ball in a non, you know, like non reward inducing play. I don't want to see a, a a hold on the other side of the field that has nothing to do with, with, with the game that's going on. Right. But well in a in a vacuum, yes I would. I would like to see every player not hold because they're a coach not to hold because of course. you want you, you want to accurately judge Two teams playing on the same playing field with no leniency on the rules. You 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 would like to line line them up and see who's better, who's not. Right. That that's that's a pipe dream. It is not attainable at all. It is absolutely there's one sport that's attainable and it's baseball. But it's never gonna happen. It's a pipe dream. It's pie in the sky. You will never have it. What I would like to see is situations that don't limit or inhibit calls just because if it's late in the game or one team has a lead and one team needs more downs and that's kind of what we're tying into what the Packers did last night the ratings were already the ratings this is not about TV ratings this is about because no matter how many people watch the game they, they were tuned in until that point so it's not like they they want to push the Packers forward because they have they have that agenda for TV the TV ratings that they were already in but Vegas had 70 or 70% of people live bet against the Packers in real time. So guess so guess yeah. what? Now we're now we're going to level the playing field in Vegas. Now we're going to make sure Vegas wins. And and that's that's my problem. And, and 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 I've said before betting is an extremely dark cloud. Even though I love it and I love to bet and I love Vegas and I love, you know, everything that comes along with betting. The fact that players know what the lines are now, the fact that I can DM Matt Stafford and say, "Oh, you lost me five hundred bucks, you fucking creep." You know, like that—that that is yeah. a dark cloud that looms over sports, and it's ESPN absolutely disgusting. The lines now on every scoreboard, dude. Literally, you—you yeah, you, you don't even have to click. You don't even have to click the game anymore. It literally will say Braves minus two mm-hmm. next next to the next to the start time. Yep, yep. I don't know what we can do in the meantime because I am am one of the guys who would like to see everything called. I would like to see the game go to a more mechanical state. Not, oh, my God. Okay, so, guys, so I was lying. The Nationals-Cardinals game is actually right now. Um, Washington is actually – they have a 3-0 lead in the series, and they actually have a 3-0 series in the game. The Cardinals have recorded one out. And they're already down 3 nothing. The bases are loaded. Oh. Um, Dakota Hudson is having a rough run of it late. God, I want to see the Cardinals put up, give up 10 runs so bad. <laughs> just in the first inning, just, just as payback? Please. Me too. Me too. I would At love to see point, it. yeah. Um, and I want to say this game is in Nationals Park too because they were the wild card team and they got they got home field. But um, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who would like to see these calls get made right. I would like to see the game shift to a more mechanical, non-drama-inducing kind of way of, uh, of playing it because I've seen and I don't know if it's just my underdog mentality or what and this is everyone thinks this I guess but I'm tired of seeing jazz games against teams like the Rockets or the Thunder or the Clippers or the Lakers or the Knicks where they'll just start calling us out of ball games because we're the lesser known team and we are not the blue chip 
Yeah. I would I would rather see a computer system an algorithm says this team played better than this team, so they win. You know, yeah, you, you know, I mean, and and and, yeah. and and you don't always get that because there there's human error involved in playing and refereeing and coaching and every aspect of the game. I'm just tired of seeing baseball umpires' egos, NBA referee egos, like technical fouls and you know, like real chintzy, you know, bang bang calls. I'm tired. I'm I'm tired of seeing the referees put more input into the game than they should. Yeah, I'm tired of this. Is not the the Scott Retirement. Foster show. This is not the um, Joey Crawford show. This is not the Ed Hockey show. This is supposed yeah. to be a, a unbiased game, a 50-50 shot for each team. Whoever plays better from 1 to 4 p.m. should win the game. Yeah, and a start would be, I mean, they can they can utilize technology, even if they don't want to replace refs, utilize technology to decide on how to optimize the rule set we currently have so it's easier to call. Or optimize the rules so they're more black and white. Like we were talking about with the catching, mm-hmm. In basketball, with the traveling, with the hand checks, it still go on sometimes, but then only in the playoffs, really, you know, and uh, only with certain teams or certain guys have a tough guy, yep. for, mm-hmm. you know, superstar persona, they, they get to pull it off. And, and that kind of thing can get shored up by them just explicitly making the rules better, enforcing them better. But like you said, there's, there's still a human element. Like, who am I to say that? There's not a price tag on everyone's head, you know. Yeah, like, mm, there is. Even if, even if they fix these rules, like. Yeah. And 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 this is why I would like to see a bit of, like I said, the Amazon Web Services, in, and even even, outside of that, even if you want to go as primitive as you as you want to, I would be pleased to see, that there was, that that referees are, are now puppets. We have a team of 12 people in New York who sit there and say, foul, green light, red light, no foul, don't call it, don't blow the whistle, leave it, leave yeah. it. I wouldn't mind seeing that yeah. because I don't want the referees to have to call it just based on their, their own two eyes. I want all the angles. I want a group of professionals yeah. who don't get flustered because they got the ball flung out of the wrong way. You know, like, I don't want the referee to start taking shit against John especially because fuck you because he didn't get the call go his way. Right. I would like to see the staff and, and officials behind the scenes have more to do with what's going on. And, yeah, you could make the argument that, oh, that's an easy way to get the fix in because they're, they're not at the game. You know, yeah. Shut the hell up. I would rather see them get the call right with no issues and literally have someone in your ear and the referee's running up and down the court. And as soon as in real time you see – just make the TV seconds another two or three second delay. And then I would want if, if if the people on the TV see that a hand check, they say Scott call it, and then and then they say hand check fifty one black, and then boom, they do it that way. Yeah. I wouldn't even mind seeing that. What I see it going to more is one of those Amazon Web Services types algorithms that is a living, breathing algorithm that you say, hey, Giannis loves he his one of his big tendencies is to hand check and push off with his elbow in the paint. So maybe modify your algorithm to where maybe give him a, a 10% kind of leniency. Yeah. And you could tune it that way. Yeah. And then and, and, and then make it simple to where the referees have the earpiece in, and then whenever he does that, you can hear that beep, and then yeah. they know to call it. And the beauty of using something like that, too, is over time it's going to learn the game. And it evolves with it. It's going to evolve with the modern game. Like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to know what can and can't be called. And what will or will not be called just because it's going to evolve over time with it like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
It would you, solve some you, of the issues we're seeing now. You see a guy like Trey Flowers, if he, if, 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 even if he is a guy who likes to put his hands in people's faces. If he's got you, a sensor in his glove. And, and, and you put the sensor and, and the pressure pad on every, in every concrete piece of equipment that these guys have, you could see if it actually made contact. Yeah. Like like my perfect example, and we have like ten minutes left, so we'll we'll give our closing thoughts, you know, kind of kind of to this. But in baseball, you could put a chip in every glove, in every cleat, on every base, put chips in every ball, on the baselines, on every piece of equipment, and let's say there's a bang bang play at third. As baseball fans, we've learned to live with bang bang plays no matter what happens because that's the human element of the game. And in baseball, it's a little bit different of a culture and how classic baseball is. We've learned to live and be okay with it. But just like um, Galarraga's perfect game in, I think, 2007 or 2008 or whatever year it was, that um, Jim Leland really fucked him on a on the, on the what would have been baseball's 21st perfect game. The runner was out by about a whole step, and Leland, for some odd reason, called him safe. At first base, he was right in front of him. Do And, and, and since then... Since then, um, Leland has said, I made the mistake. It's probably the worst day of my life. And Galarraga's like, man, don't worry about it. Everybody makes a mistake. He was, he was very graceful in the way that he you know, forgave Leland for that and everything. It was cool. Every, 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 everything's fine after the fact. If I was him, I wouldn't be that graceful. I, you Fuck fucking no. bastard. You costed me a perfect game. Yeah. I would have whooped you. Major League Baseball, perfect game. And I'll you, can, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll beat the suspension. fuck out of you, oh, yeah. dude, dude. You can kick me out of the league. Yeah. I don't care. I am standing like, and and that's maybe a flaw of myself. I'm maybe a little bit too hot headed like that. But that would be absolutely infuriating. It's infuriating for that's me and you as fans. Like the principle of it. Yeah, I don't care that you admit it no, later because you no. fucked it up in the game. Yeah, no, and and it sucks that referees have this 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 safety that they can. Oh yeah, sorry, we missed it. And there's no other retribution for him, you know. Yeah, like, there's there's no firings. There's no there's no you can't fines. Teleport back to that moment and play again. The worst thing that will happen to an official after that is they won't get to ref in the postseason or they won't get to ref the All Star game. That's that that's their biggest fallback. And ooh, sorry that you don't get to goddamn ref the umpire the World Series because you because you're an awful the umpire. White stripe. That's a, sports. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. And and. I don't. I don't like that they have this much a leeway over our game, and they don't have as much accountability as they should. I know that everyone says every umpire fucks us. Every every team thinks the umpire's out to get them. Um, it's just the way the game goes, and I think that's how bad NFL, namely refereeing, has been. That now that we're actually sitting here talking about this, because used to you just kind of used to live with the bad calls, and ah, damn. Dan, we didn't do enough to to overcome that. You know, da, 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 da. that's that, football. That Saints Rams one last year was a big eye opener too. And it was. And I mean, come on, I I see PI PI is another one. Just like I talked about completing the process of the catch, but PI is another one that I got to see cleared up because it's so stupid. The way the rule was written, it's it's written as a paragraph. It should be a sentence yeah. of what you should be able to look out for if he does this. Boom. Yeah. If if the opposing player makes con- makes forceful contact with the body that causes the the other opponent's body to move. Before the ball arrives to him, it should be PI. Yeah, and PI is another one where it's like, you you hit on it earlier. It's like they're subjective, but it seems like they're only subjective at, at the end times. of the game. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. or at certain times is like, oh, now it's black and white. Now it's black and white. Now but, it's subjective. But, now, but, but in the first quarter, whenever you're setting tempo, you like you let them get away with it then, but not. Now, like what? Yeah. Like, I would, and, and, and I'm with you. I know that I'm throwing outlandish ideas out there, and you know, it's it's we'll, we'll never be able to make every, 
any game perfect, except for maybe baseball. That's the only game that is actually possible in it. We just want to see more consistency. I don't. We don't. We're not mad about wrong calls. Mm-hmm. What you want to see is a wrong call that doesn't fuck somebody. Yeah. You don't want to see. I hate hearing people say, "Oh, well, yeah, we got a few calls that game, but it'll even out over the course of the season." Oh man, that is the laziest yeah. fucking mindset I've ever heard in my yeah. life. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have said that if they lost. No, he wouldn't have. Oh yeah. well, we'll probably get a good call next game. No, you you no. would never say some shit like no. that. Absolutely not. Um, it, it's like you said. I mean, I want to see more of the tennis style replay. Me too. Type stuff. Me too. Just implement. Give us a little bit of, yeah. of, of technology and accountability, and I want to see less of you know the 2000 and what was it 2012 Lakers team where they had uh, you could go back and mathematically the Kobe look, and they had 67 percent more free throw calls than everyone else. Over, I, I, over I thought a three month stretch. I thought it was more than that. Yeah, like yeah. I, I know it was extremely yeah, bad. Yeah, because, because they were trying to get Kobe in the playoffs. It was egregious. And, and like, we got to see less of that. And I don't need to see that the game is clearly being played differently for this team every night. I know. And me and you shouldn't have to go to YouTube and look at you know the Falcons game film. And I know that you could do this with the Cardinals too, I guess, to, to a degree. But we shouldn't be able to look at, oh, egregious, 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 back yeah. off, back off, back off, back off. Terrible. I would rather see some of this stuff get sheared up. And, and if you're going to screw us, at least screw us with a lead. You know, like it, 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 sure. at, least, at least make it a little more middling. At least take us to dinner first. At, at least what? take me to dinner. <laughs> at least at least install. Dude, explain to me why the calls are the way they are. Dude, we would, on a year-by-year basis, if you did small improvements, like, oh, this year we're going to put a chip in the ball and we're going to put a chip on both pylons. Yeah. And then if the ball crosses, you'll we'll know it. And they try, it, because and try it, it on red light green Try it on G League first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try mm-hmm. it on college football first. And um, I know with, with, with the baseball thing, they actually tried out the robo-refs j- just with the strike zone. Uh, in a in a, in a single A, maybe even like low A, um, like coastal league and in, in in the Northeast, and and I was reading an article about it um, probably a month ago. There was one call that was like super egregious, like like the computer had 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 kind of fucked up and, and and called. So he so the computer had registered the strike zone of a player who was pretty short, and it was you know whatever the box is, and then in the middle of the count it was like a two one count. Coach calls, changes the call, and goes to a bunt. There was a bunt attempt that got pulled back, but the ball was almost at his helmet. The 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 computer called it a strike because that was the strike zone that had already been established. So yeah, you can tinker with it and you can change it. Right. But I think that they said that over compared to a human, and this is just me I quoting an article that I read. Do that. Like, yeah, I really yeah. Um, compared to a human, there were like thirty percent less wrong calls. Yeah, and it was, and, and and it may have been more like it was like a call that that this umpire w- would have made, and, and it depends on umpires in, in the MLB and their their style, which is fucked because I thought it was a black and white exactly, thing. Exactly, um, that's another exact thing of what we're talking about. And I understand that the ball crosses the plate, maybe not look like a strike online, duh, 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 but I would rather see a computer get it as close to right within a few millimeters as we can. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it just seems like that we put too much money and put too much effort in sports. Um, to sum it up, um, KD and Steph Curry were asked about this at a tech conference, I think two years ago, in um, in the Tech Valley, wherever in California they were at. Um, and Kevin Durant said no. He said, I wouldn't want real refs. And, and it kind of plays into our point, because Kevin Durant's quote said, they'll catch me a little bit more than the human refs. Because Kevin Durant is one of those guys who has really improved his defensive ability in the past few years. 
But you want to know how he did that? He's cheating. He's doing illegal things to play defense, and they would catch him more with a robo-ref than they would a human ref because the human refs were t- taught and trained to let him get away with stuff like that. Yeah, I think basketball is actually probably the best example of why this is going to be hard to implement. It is. Because Supremely hard. even with football, it's still set plays, and basketball is nonstop back and forth. And there's so many subjective things in basketball, like traveling, mm-hmm. shooting fouls are subjective, double dribble is subjective, carrying the ball is subjective. You know, the most subjective call I think in basketball is the um, is 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 the block or the or the shooting foul or, or no shooting foul in the paint for guys like Dwight Howard, Shaq, Gobert. Right. On on some days it's a and one, some days it's not, and yeah. I just and, and the same thing with the NFL pass interference. I just don't get the rule. I, yeah. I just don't. I, I and, if, if I could sit here on a TV in a vacuum and tell you what they're going to call, I couldn't because yeah. we just don't get it. We just don't it's get funny the rule. to see those big man calls like that because they also get slapped with the fouls all the time. In the all pit. the time, yeah. And it's the same thing. When I was a little kid, my mom used to joke that like I was always taller than everyone else, you know. And I way taller. I would, For those of you who don't know, Coon's like six six, so he's a big guy. Yeah, and I, I would get more foul calls every game than the other kids, even when I didn't touch someone, because, like, mm-hmm. there would be a pile of 12-year-old boys trying to play basketball. Just call it on the, on, the, on the biggest kid. He, he's the probably the one kid. who did it. And and you still see him call it on the big kid in the pros. And it's like, come on, man. We're, we're better than this at this point. They're playing for millions of dollars. I don't need to see Dwight Howard get slapped with four fouls in, in a quarter for no reason. And I, I think to um, what your problem is from, from what you said, because I, I've been sort of neutral – kind of asking you questions, letting you lead with kind of what, what's been going on because you, you've echoed on, on a, what a, a lot of what I think. Um, people think that robo-refs and my idea of what's going on is just going to be only computers, no referees at all. No, you can implement technology and have the humans mm-hmm. do their calls based off the technology. That You can put AI and humans on the same team. Look at companies like Amazon and Facebook and shit like that who have been wildly successful and get – most of their business decisions right now, because yeah. they implement. Look at the stock market. Now that they've introduced computers and and shit like now, you, yeah. the pros can get the best read on stocks because they have technology backing up their educated decisions. Yep. And I think that you can do that in sports. Baseball is probably the most realistic that you could do it because there's more technical areas of gray area of what can be called and what cannot. Football is too much. Football, we'll probably never see it. As much as I would love to, we'll probably never see it because, A, the NFL referees, it's not even a union because they're not full-time, but their little group of employees will, will, will lobby and fight against it. Baseball may be the same way, but you can actually implement it without taking the umpires and referees' jobs in, in baseball. But I think my biggest point is, of this whole podcast, this whole thing, you can let computers and humans work on the same side and make a better product. I don't think it would get in the way of, of the game time because of how no. fast technology works nowadays. No. Like you said in tennis, they do it real time for every point. Yeah, it's even, even, it's even, even, even on points that don't matter, they still have the line put up in the spot where it hit. Yeah, they have it like every pro tournament. They, they, they have the one in Atlanta every summer. They don't they, just turn it on when they need it. You know, like it's, it's on every one in real time. Yeah. They even at the the no one questions the one in um it's it's um Atlantic Station. Yeah, it's exactly. a, it's BB&T open. It's a temporary tennis facility. Or I it's, guess uh, what is it? The gas, uh, gas South, um, yeah, family a, fun zone or whatever yeah, the hell they call yeah, it now. South, yeah, yeah, the yeah um, but this is a temporary tennis facility. They don't have those stands there. They don't have all yeah. the rigmarole for the tennis. The tennis court is there, but everything else isn't. The screens aren't there, and everything, and and they set that up on the fly for two weeks of the year. Yeah. 
and they can do it. It's it's not like it's tough. And 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 the chair umpire, he's still there. He still has a job, but his job is way easier. And the percentage of the calls that are wrong versus right is greatly in our favor now. Think of, think about your high school tennis career. Yeah. And think about a guy that me and you know with the blonde hair who would yeah. cheat during tennis tournaments because he could just say, oh, no, no, no that was out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, because they don't have that yeah. high school tennis tournaments. How many times you probably got fucked on and how yeah, many times you probably benefited from it. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't care who benefits or who doesn't. I just That's wanna... a huge controversy in amateur tennis, actually, yeah. is that there's no line judge. So you have to call you just call just, just call your own shots? Oh, I dude, had, uh, you better I, bet I would. I was playing men's league the other day, actually. I had to uh, I had to get aggressive with a guy on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of the net. They were making a run on us in a couple games. We were already winning. And he, uh, he was making some bad calls back-to-back, and I had to call him out on it. It's like, like yo, dude, things, come on, man. tighten up, you know? Like, if we had some sensors or something, we could, we could get rid of that. I would, bu- <laughs> I would bust you out, dude, you know? And like I said, I don't care who benefits from it. I'd, if I was watching you versus John Isner, I don't care who won. I would just want the right call to be made. Right. So, so this is an accurate assessment of y'all's tennis skills exactly. compared to each other, which I don't think we'll ever get to. Um, in the meantime, like, like me and you have touched on, just, just kind of summarize, we want more transparency in the booth and on the field. We want people wearing mics like the Sky Judge in the AAF. That was an awesome idea that gave us a lot of insight to what happens when they call plays and when they call controversial plays right or wrong because you actually have a human speaking into a mic to the referees on the field. You, and then you want to hear Ed Hockley mic'd up in the huddle saying, okay, guys, I didn't see it. What did you have? What did you have? What did you have? We, we just want to see more transparency in that. Um, we want the rules to be re- rewritten in a – not a layman's terms because this isn't layman officiate. This is the top level of sport in, in America and in the world. Mm-hmm. We want to see it rewritten to where it's easier to not only understand for us but to understand by their umpires and referees to officiate and implement on the field. We want and, – and this is going to be a, a little bit tougher, but the MLB, the umpires union, really protects them against a lot of criticism – and a lot of being thrown under the bus because they have the union. Same thing with, with, with police, not getting political. I'm just saying they are able to deflect a lot of lawsuits and a lot of criticism because they can band together and use their resources collectively to snuff shit like that out. I would like to see something like what the NBA refs union did, and I want to see the two-minute report after the game. In the last two minutes of the game, what calls were right, what calls were wrong. doesn't matter if you were down by 30 or you, it was a tie game. I want to see your referees fill out the form at the end, and I want to see the head official, Scott Foster, go through and, okay, we missed this one, we missed this one, we missed this one. Yeah. I would like to see more of that. That's true. And even I would like to see things retroactively changed, like in horse racing, like the where, the, he would, where Crown Jewel was crowned the winner, and then next thing you know, oh, nope, never mind, he cheated. He got in the way of the other horse. Right. And it, and it, and it was minuscule. I wouldn't have known the difference between yeah. that and not being in the way in horse racing because it's so intricate and so weird. Yeah. But I would like to see more of that. If the call really was wrong, you should be able to go give Galarraga his perfect game. Yeah, because Agreed. that was the last out of the game. Yeah, you know, like you yeah. should be, you should be able to retro, go back and give him that. I was gonna say it's hard when it's not like a race or, or anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, in that case too, yeah, it's it has to be out. really prepared for you. Like like it has to be the last out. It has to be this. It has to be that. Yeah, like like the the fan in Chicago in the playoffs, the Scott Bunkus or whatever his name was, yeah. who reached over the and caught the foul ball. And yep. you should be able to go back and. Not now because it's so late, but in the moment and after the game or right there, you should be able to go back and change that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But they don't. Um, Jeremy, I guess that's all we have for today. We just got into a good little session, talked a little bit over an hour about um, robo-refs, umpiring, officiating, NFL, stuff like that. 
Um, me and you would both like to see more technology. I'm a little bit more steadfast, I think, than you are about introducing technology and using it mm-hmm. um, in, in, in every sport because I think you can, but it's, it's most realistic in baseball and basketball, I think. Um, made a great, a few great points about the tennis and I'm glad I had you on for, for the tennis reason, yeah. because this is actually your kind of thing. And I don't know. It's not like it mean you think the one in five Falcons are one in five because the referees fucked us because we're a bad team. That's, yeah, that, that's not what we're saying. The referees have fucked us at all. <laughs> there, it, it's been, it's been plays that really didn't matter to us. So this is not where we're coming from. The in the Braves ten run first inning the other day, uh, there, was, there was there was there was no umpire calls that could have made it bad because Fulty yeah. didn't record an out until he's four runs deep. So this is not where we're coming from. We're coming from two guys who will watch Filipino basketball at three a.m. at the bar if you let us. Yeah. Because we just like watching sport. We just want there it to be a fair shake, and it doesn't even have to be computerized 50-50 shot. Just a little bit more consistent, a little bit more fair for every team. For sure. So, Jeremy, um, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the Coon. Um, I'm always tagged in Cohen's stuff on the Daily Degenerate. I was about to say, go look. You'll, you'll, you'll probably see Coon uh, tagging about four or five separate things in the past. You'll see me on this, uh, on this downward turn. I'm, I've been hitting on these picks. Hopefully, I have a good NFL pick them uh, this week. We I have to. We have and, to. And, uh, I've been struggling the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so, Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. You can find me, Cohen Hughes, at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram. You can search Cohen Hughes on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I'm too dangerous for Twitter. I'll get myself in trouble again like I have in the past. Um, I say that every time, so you know I mean it. Um, You can find the podcast page at TDD Pod, Twitter and Instagram, or you can join our Facebook group, Daily Degenerate Sports Shit Talk. Uh, Hit me or somebody else up. We'll see you in invite. Um, we've had to crack down in the past few days about people, you know, kind of posting weird stuff and repost and irrelevant things, but yeah, yeah. But that's why we have admins. That's why I'm an admin. We can kind of keep up with with stuff like that. Um, other than that, hit us up. We'll send you an invite. We'll get you in. Um, talk memes, talk shit. It's pretty, pretty ruthless in there. We'll kind of, you know, after somebody loses a really heartbreaking game, we'll go and tag them in a post and Mm -hmm. fuck with them about it. So it's, it's pretty cool. I like a few of the guys in there. So. That's cool. Uh, I will be going live with Gus for Gus's Gut Takes tomorrow night after the baseball game that will be played, I think, in New York. Um, So we'll be able to talk baseball and football and stuff like that. Other than that, we'll be recording episode 112, presumably Friday afternoon. I think Friday afternoon. It could be Saturday. It could be even next Monday. We haven't really gelled that out yet, and that's probably my fault. But, you know, we're degenerates, so we don't really have to keep, keep up with shit like that. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 111 of the Daily Degenerate Podcast, the RoboRefs edition. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Like, subscribe, leave comments, interact with us, do whatever you do um, in the online spectrum that we got going nowadays. So, that's it. We hope you enjoyed, and thanks for listening. See ya.